0: Welcome today to part two of our series called The Path, where we're taking six weeks and we're going through the Old Testament book of Proverbs. Now, just to give you a little bit of context in case you're not familiar with how Proverbs fits sort of into the entire Bible, the entire Bible is 66 books all together divided into two sections. You have 39 books that we call the Old Testament, 27 books then that are called the New Testament. What many of you may not realize is that even the Old Testament is broken into sections. So of those 39 books, the first 17 books are historical books, basically going from the creation of the world all the way to about 400 years before the time of Jesus. So keep that in mind, right? first 17 books is on this timeline from creation until 400 years before the time of Jesus. The final 17 books are what are called prophetical books. and each of those prophets fits somewhere on that initial timeline. Does that make sense? So creation. 400 years before the time of Jesus. you got all these prophets in these last 17 books, but they're all somewhere on that initial timeline. A lot of people get confused when they're reading the Old Testament because they read all those historical books, and then later on when they get to the prophetical books, they're like, I've already read about this person. I've already read some of these stories. Why am I reading it again? Did it happen like twice in history? And no, it's not that you're seeing it twice happening in history. It's that it's just how the Old Testament is put together. Now, sandwiched between the 17 historical books and the 17 prophetical books In the middle there is five books of poetry. Those five books of poetry were wisdom for the nation of Israel. It starts out, you have the book of Job, which is all about why is there suffering in the world and, and how do we deal with it? You have the book of Psalms, which is basically pointing towards heaven, towards God, and how do we have a relationship with God? You have the book of Proverbs, which is a little bit more earthbound. How do you have a relationship with other people? And then you have Ecclesiastes, which is Solomon. He's writing about sort of the nature of life. And then he concludes with Song of Solomon, which I've talked to you about in the past. That's about marriage and dating, relationship, sex. It's sort of a relationship manual for you. Those five books all together, those books of poetry, were considered the wisdom literature for the nation of Israel. Again, what we're doing in this series is we're only looking, though, at the book of Proverbs. Now, I shared with you last week that if you could summarize sort of the the book of Proverbs in the one big thought, it would be simply this. And it's our big thought for the entire series. I encourage you to memorize it. Let's look at it once again. Here it is. My direction, not my intentions, determine my destination. Let's say it together. Those of you online, I don't know if you want to type it out, but let's all just say it together. My direction, not my intentions, determine my destination. I shared with you the the best illustration for this is Interstate 81, that if you get on Interstate 81 and you keep driving north, eventually you're going to get to the little town of Orleans, New York. It's right on the Canadian border. And it's always going to happen. If you continue on I-81... I don't care what your intentions are, I don't care what your hopes are, your dreams, I don't care how smart you are, how rich you are, how good looking you are, it doesn't matter. None of those things matter. If you get on 81 and you keep heading north, you're eventually going to get to Orleans. And what I shared with you last week is that makes so much sense when it comes to roadways, doesn't it? That the road you're on is always going to get you to a very predictable destination. But we often forget that that exact same thing happens in life that your marriage, your finances, your health, all those things are going to get to a very predictable destination because of the path that you're currently on. The direction you're heading, not your intentions, will determine your destination. So, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to continue through this book of Proverbs. And we're going to see why exactly Solomon... Is writing this whole thing. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Solomon writes this These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people what? To teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live what kind of lives? To live prudent and successful lives, and to help them to do what is right, just, and fair these Proverbs will give insight to who? Give insight to to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. That sounds like something we could all benefit from, doesn't it? To get knowledge and insight and wisdom, and if we're a simple fool, (laughs) to figure that all out, and what do we do about it? Solomon uses those two words the prudent and the simple, over and over and over again throughout the book of Proverbs. Many English translations translate that as the wise and the fool. But what does it mean to be prudent? Well, here's the dictionary definition. I put it on your outline there for you. It's this. Prudent means acting with or showing care and thought for the future. So prudent simply means that you're thinking long-term. Prudent means that you're using some common sense. You're thinking beyond the, the here and now. You're not thinking of, okay, well, well what will feel good now? What, what, is, what seems right now? No, you're thinking, okay, long term, if, if I make this decision, if I continue down this path, where will this ultimately take me? The opposite of that, of course, is the fool. And what I want to encourage you today is don't be a fool. Because, in the words of the great theologian, Mr. T, I pity the fool. Don't be a fool. Don't be a simple person. Learn from the words of Solomon here. Don't just think about the here and now, the pleasure and the satisfaction you can get right now because what feels good right now, what seems right right now isn't always going to be right long term. Now That doesn't always work that way. I mean, sometimes what feels good now and what is right now is going to be what's right long term. But oftentimes it's not. So Solomon, over and over and over again, he keeps giving this comparison between the fool and the wise person. Let me give you a couple of examples. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 25, here's what he writes. Arrogance should be punished so that simple people who don't know any better can learn a lesson. If you correct the wise, they will just grow wiser. In other words, what Solomon's saying here is, look, a wise person, if you point out something that they're doing wrong in their life, they're gonna acknowledge it that, oh yeah, you're right and they're going to quickly fix it and correct it. What's the fool do? The fool just keeps right on going. And Solomon says, it's not until you punish them that they actually then learn their lesson. Here's another example. Proverbs 12, 16. A fool is quick to get annoyed, but a prudent person ignores an insult. In other words, simple people allow their emotions to get the best of them. They fly off the handle with anger really, really quickly. They spout off all their opinions, whether they know anything about it or not. The wise person, the wise person, stays calm. The wise person goes, you know, yeah, that's a little annoying, but in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. So I'm, I'm just, I'm not even going to be bothered by it. Here's another example: Proverbs chapter 14, verse 15. The simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. Here's the Gilbert Thurston version of that. The simple fool believes everything they read on Facebook and Twitter. The simple fool believes everything they hear on Fox News. The simple fool believes everything they hear on MSNBC. Well, listen, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. This has gotten out of control these past couple years. The people just believe anything that they read, anything that they hear, and they just take that, well, that's the gospel truth, and that's the way that it is. And what we've done is we've, we've gotten used to, we're, we're living in an echo chamber. Listen, if you're a Republican, you should never be watching Fox News. You should only be watching MSNBC. If you're a Democrat, you should never be watching MSNBC or CNN. You should only be watching Fox. Why? Because it's going to give you balance. You know what an echo chamber is, right? It's that you just keep hearing what you already believe. And the more you hear what you already believe, the more then you're going to believe what you already believe. And you're going to say, well, that's just the way it is. Again, this has gotten out of control in the conspiracy theories. Oh my goodness. The conspiracy theories that people, including many Christians, including some of you, keep spouting off over and over and over again on social media, it's out of control, it's got to stop. Solomon says only a fool does that. Don't be a fool. Don't be a simple person. Use a little bit of wisdom, do a little bit of research beyond just going to your favorite news source. By the way, I'll throw this in as a little extra here. The best website you can go to is called realclearpolitics.com. And what you're going to see there, it's just an aggregator of, of news feeds. And so every single story that's like big in our nation, you're going to see both the very liberal and the very conservative side of it. You know, back when President Trump was <laughs> the uh, president, it was interesting because you'd see, you know, you they just give you sort of the headlines of each article and then you click them, you know, so you can read it and it'd be like, Trump is the greatest person who has ever walked the face of the planet. And then the the next article would be, Trump is the worst person that's ever walked the face of the planet. And you read both articles and you see what both sides are saying about it. And then you look at what does God's word have to say about these things. And then you make informed decisions, not again, just living in your little echo chamber. That's something only a fool does. So before you hit like, before you hit share, before you retweet something, be wise. Do some research, and then give your opinion. And most of the time, you're going to go. You know what? It's not even worth putting my opinion out there. I'll give you one more. Then Proverbs 22 verse three and Proverbs 27 twelve both say the same thing. A prudent person does what? A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. But the simple keep going, and they do what? They they pay the consequences. Now, you know, many times there are concepts that get repeated throughout Scripture that you read, you know, a couple times. Very rarely do you read a verse that's like word for word that's the exact same, and most of the time that's in the Gospels that, you know, Luke and Matthew or Mark and John, you know, they may say the, the exact same thing. Very rarely do you see the exact same words repeated, especially in the exact same book, especially here only four chapters apart. Now, why did God do that? Why does God give those words twice here in the book of Proverbs? Well, we don't know. But here'd be my theory, and I think it's a pretty good theory. Maybe he repeated it twice because he really wants us to get this. So let's read it again. In fact, read it with me here. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions, but the simple keep going and pay the consequences. So again, this whole comparison and contrast of the fool and the wise person happens throughout Proverbs. And I, what I want to do is I want to take a look more at this, these last two verses that we just looked at, because some of you are going, okay, well, what does any of this have to do with you know, this series called The Path? Well, if last week was all about that you're on a path and realize that the path you're on is going to determine the direction that you're going... What Solomon is saying here is once you're on a path, you've got to pay attention. You've got to get to the place where you realize, oh, danger, danger, danger. I'm on the wrong path. I've got to take some precautions. I need to get off of this path onto a better path. Again, go back to last week. Your direction always determines your what? Your destination. And so a fool is on a path that's headed the wrong way, and Solomon says they just keep on going. And what's going to happen to them? What's going to happen? They're going to pay the consequences. So let's take the remainder of today's time to really break down these two verses here that God repeats multiple times for us. So Here's the first thing on your outline if you're taking notes. And By the way, welcome to those of you that are watching online. There's a little button right there in the upper right-hand corner called Talk Notes. You can click that, get all of today's notes. Those of you live in the room here, you can pull out your smartphone, go to our website, exponential.church, and you can get all the talk notes there as well. So if you're taking notes, number one, I am prudent when I make course corrections. Again, I am prudent when I make course corrections. Last spring, right when the pandemic had sort of first hit, My sister and I had to take an emergency trip down to San Antonio, Texas to visit my niece and just sort of help her and making wise decisions as she was uh, preparing for the the pandemic and and how are we going to deal with all this. So we went down and we spent about a week with her and then um, we were driving home and we were using my sister Tara's phone and the GPS on it to navigate back home. And, you know, we were having a good time. We were talking and everything and just listening, you know, when the GPS would say make a turn, you make a turn, and et cetera, et cetera. And so we're, we're talking and I forget why, but I needed to pull out my phone to do something. I looked down, I didn't have a signal. And I said to her, I said, check your phone quick, make sure you still have a signal. And she looked and she's like, no, I don't have a signal. And I like look up and I start like reading the road signs going by and it's going Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Well, we're supposed to be going towards Little Rock, Arkansas. <laughs> And so quickly we pulled over and we got our signal back. Thankfully, we had only like, missed our exit by about 10 miles or so. So it didn't impact us by a whole lot. You know, we lost maybe a 20 minutes to a half hour and the, the whole thing happened to backtrack and, and do what we were doing there. But listen, wouldn't it have been foolish once we saw the road signs that were basically saying, "You're going the wrong way. Wouldn't it have been foolish to continue on the Baton Rouge? Yeah. Now, could we have continued on to Baton Rouge and eventually figured out a way home? Yes, we could have. However, instead of losing 20 minutes to 30 minutes, we'd have lost hours and hours and hours and hours. Again, this makes so much sense when it comes to driving on the road. But what I shared with you last week is when you're on a path in your marriage, in your morality, in your spirituality, in your finances, in your career, in how you're going through school, and whatever it is that you're doing. When you're on a path and you realize you're on the wrong path, don't be a fool. Don't stay on that path anymore because we're not talking losing hours. We're talking sometimes losing decades off of your life. That you've gone the wrong way. And so we've got to learn to make course corrections. Now, obviously, life is much more difficult than navigating a road. And so that's why we need a road map. That's why it's so important that every single day you're in God's word. You need a map to guide you through life, and that's what the word does for you. And that's why I always encourage you you need to be in a life group. You need to have other people that are going, hey, where are you going? You know, we're, we're all going this way, and, and you keep veering off. Where, where are you going? You need to to get back on the right path here. This makes so much sense with I-81. Many people think, well, this principle just simply doesn't apply to my life. doesn't apply to me. I don't need to make any course corrections. I can just keep going with this behavior. I can just keep on doing this habit. I can keep on in this relationship. And it's going to lead me to a place that I want to go. No, it isn't. It's going to lead you to a very predictable place that you don't want to be. So you got to make these course corrections. Here's the second point. Number two, I'm a fool if I just keep right on going. The wise person says, you know what, this relationship I'm in, it's unhealthy. The fool says, I'm just going to keep dating this person because they're so cute. Or the fool says, I'm going to keep dating this person because... Well, if I break up with them, what if I never find somebody else? Maybe nobody else will ever love me. Or the fool says this. The fool says, I'll change them. Oh, yeah, they're bad now. They're leading me on a bad direction and a bad path, but I'll change them. No, you're not. No, you're not. Got to get off that path. The wise person sees trouble on the financial horizon. The fool just keeps right on spending. They just keep spinning, thinking, oh, yep, the inevitable crash that's going to happen. It's not going to happen to me. No, it is going to happen to you. Don't stay on that path. Don't be a fool. The wise person realizes when their relationship with Jesus has grown stale and stagnant. They do something about it. The the fool, they just keep on doing all the same behaviors and actions that got them into into that place in the first place. Solomon writes, look, if you keep on going, you are going to pay the consequences because every path leads to a very predictable destination. And I don't care who you are, every path leads to a very predictable destination. You know, almost every single week we read a headline of an athlete or a politician or a celebrity or even pastors that have gotten caught up in some sort of scandal, you know, a financial scandal or a sexual scandal. And what we need to realize about that is these people have immense fame and wealth and power and none of those things shielded them from the inevitable consequences. Sure, maybe it shielded them longer than it would have for you or I, but Jesus said it this way, eventually your sin will find you out. You think right now you're pulling the wool over everybody else's eyes. You think that you're pulling the wool over even God's eyes. You're not. You're on a bad path, you're heading in the wrong direction, and it needs to change. But a fool, a fool keeps right on going. A fool is, is somebody that's like they're, they're in a car and they're, they're driving 100 miles per hour right towards a brick wall. And the fool goes, not going to hurt me. I'm going to crash right into the thing and that crash won't hurt me. Or the fool says, you know what? When I get up to the brick wall, it's going to magically disappear. I'm not going to have any consequences for this Is all. It's all going to just sort of go away. Doesn't work that way. Again, the direction you're heading, the path that you're on, leads to a very, very predictable destination. And the path of the fool leads to ruin. The path of the fool leads to destruction, to hurt. pain, not just for yourself, but oftentimes for the people that are around you as well. Solomon says, despite all these warnings, the fool just keeps right on going. And listen, I know none of you here today, you want to be called a fool. You don't want to be called a simple person. I don't care if you're 15 years old or 30 years old, 50 years old, 70 years old. If you keep going down the path that you shouldn't be on, then you're a fool, plain and simple got to change. So if you have a temper problem, today is the day to fix it. Because if you keep on that path, ultimately your actions or your mouth are going to get you into, into a lot of trouble. You're 20 or 30 years old and you're noticing that, hey man, I'm starting to put on a couple pounds. Today is the day to get on a healthy diet. Because once you get to my age and you're in your 40s and your metabolism slows down, all of a sudden it's like, oh my goodness, what's going on here? So the, the, the day to get on the, the healthy food is, is today. Because a little weight gain in your 20s and 30s becomes a lot of weight gain once you're in your 40s and 50s. You're someone today that's going, you know what, I, I really think that I, I need to get on a, a budget. Because I, I, I need to get out of debt. I, I want to be able to give and tithe. And, and, and I, I don't want to have to be living paycheck to paycheck anymore. that's you, you're going, man, someday I want to retire. We can't stay on the path that you're on. You can't keep having your eye caught by the, the latest shiny bling that's out there, and you're going, oh, I need that. No, you don't. But Gilbert, I got a credit card. I'll just put it on and pay the monthly payment. I mean, it's only going to be like, you know, $30 a month. Or that car, pfft, Man, it's, it's only a couple hundred dollars a month. I, I, need, I need that. You don't need a brand new car. But yet the fool just keeps on spending and spending and spending and spending. Inevitably, you're heading for a financial brick wall. Number three. To be prudent, I must realize it's not what I say, but what I actually do that makes all the difference. Let me say that again. To be prudent, I must realize it's not what I say, but what I actually do that makes all the difference. See, many of you talk a good game. You talk about, oh, here's the changes I'm going to make. Here's the things I'm going to do. And then you don't actually do it. Solomon says, you know what? That makes you a what? Makes you a fool. Fool's talk, wise people do. The wise see danger and they take precautions. The fools just keep right on going. So today, if you're seeing danger in your life, do something about it. Because to see something and then not to do something about it is to accomplish absolutely nothing. You're going, well, duh. I know that. Well, the reason I said this and stated the very, very obvious is I've been a pastor now for 21 years. Nate, how long have you been a pastor now? About the same or a little longer, right? Yeah. yeah. Nate would say the exact same thing. We live in a world where we get on a stage every single week and we share God's word. We live in a world of nodding heads and note takers. People who out in the lobby go, good message, pastor. Great job and then walk out the door or they shut off their computer and do absolutely nothing with it. This isn't just you guys and exponential. This this is this is just what happens. This is what people do. They feel better about themselves because they show up to a church on a Sunday morning. They tune in online on a Sunday morning. They feel good about themselves, but then they don't do anything with what they've heard. Solomon says that makes you a fool. James, the brother of Jesus, he said, don't just be a hearer of God's word, actually be a doer of God's word. And that's what Solomon is writing here, is that to be a prudent person means you're a doer, not just a head nodder, not just a note taker, you're an actual doer of God's word. And so part of my job, part of Nate's job, part of any pastor's job is we're here to help point out the dangers of the path that you're on to go, whoa, 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 caution, danger, watch where you're going, but then we can't force you on the right path. You still have free will, you still have free choice, you can make your own decisions. But a fool says, that's a 2,000-year-old book, that doesn't apply anymore. The wise person says God's word is timeless. And there's a reason he wrote these things to us. And yes, the context may be different from 2,000 years ago to today, but there's still something that it has to speak to us right here and right now. Now listen, what I just share with you, some of it is preaching to myself a little bit too. There's been times that I've heard it and oh, I still want to do my thing. You know, I want to walk Gilbert's path, right? So we, we've all been there. What I'm saying is, we can't do that. We've got to get on the path that God would have for us, not go the wrong direction. So take action. Make the phone call. Cut up the credit card. Have the awkward conversation that you need to have. Shut off the the premium cable channels. Get some new friends. Break up with that boyfriend or girlfriend. Set the alarm for Sunday morning so that you can be a part of the worship experience every single week. Pour out the alcohol. Join a life group. Go get some counseling. Cancel your internet subscription. Change your job. I don't know what it is for you, but if God is asking you to do something because you're on the wrong path, then you need to do something, even if it's extreme. You're going to go over some of those things you just said, that's pretty extreme. Yes, you're right, they are extreme. But listen, every single person who has ever hit a brick wall, as they look back, they go... I would do anything to be able to go back in time, to rewind time and take some of those extreme measures because the pain that I'm experiencing today is so much greater than what would have happened had I sacrificed a little bit 10 years ago or 20 years ago or six months ago or whatever it is. So what is it that God is asking you to do? Don't just hear it. What is God asking you to do? It's time to start actually doing it. What it seems extreme now, later on as you look back on it, is just going to seem like common sense. Now, here's what I guarantee you. As you start to take some of these extreme measures, you're going to experience two emotions. One is going to be embarrassment. The other is going to be relief. Here's what I mean by that. You're going to be embarrassed because you're going to have family members, you're going to have friends, you're going to have neighbors, coworkers, whoever, that are going to come to you and go, that's too extreme, why did you do something like that? Or you're being overly cautious. Or you're acting weird. Or that was a silly decision to make, why did you do something like that? And so you're going to have people that are going to question you all the time Because you saw danger and decided, you know what? Whoa, 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 precaution. Need to take some precautions here. And so you get on a different path. But people are going to laugh at you. They're going to mock you. There's actually going to be some people that the reason they're going to do that is because they're actually being convicted about their own thing. That they see that, oh, this person's being wise, this person's making the right decisions, I should probably do that, but I don't actually want to do it because it feels good doing what I'm doing, so I'll just make fun of them. They'll make me feel better about myself. But listen, don't let other people's ignorance or stubbornness keep you from the right thing. So you're, you're going to experience embarrassment. Here's the second thing you're going to experience. Relief. You're going to make some sacrifices today. And you're not going to see the, the difference those sacrifices make probably for you know, the, the first week or the first month. It, it could sometimes be months or years before you're able to look back and see that, oh, wow, I'm glad I made that. And as you look back in that time, what you're going to do is breathe a sigh of relief. That, oh my goodness, I am so glad I made that decision about my finances. I'm so glad I made that decision about my health. I'm so glad I made that decision about my career. I'm so glad I made that decision about, you know, that dating relationship or or whatever it is. You know, I dodged a bullet there because had I kept walking down the path I was on, it was headed for destruction. It was headed for the brick wall. I was doomed. Man. Glad I was wise and made those sacrifices. I saw the trouble and I took action to avoid it. So here's what I want you to do this week. Here's your homework assignment. This week I want you to evaluate the five most important areas of life. I'm going to put them on the screen for you right now, and they're in your notes. I want you to evaluate how are you doing spiritually, how are you doing relationally, how are you doing morally, how are you doing physically, and how are you doing financially. And really, I think those five probably are in the the order of importance as well. Spiritual, relational, moral, physical, and financial. So take an honest evaluation of your life, of what path are you currently on spiritually? What is your spiritual pathway? And where is it heading? Relationally. Where, Where am I in my relationships right now? And this is with any relationship that you have. Relationship with a spouse or a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a, a coworker, you know, your, your boss, your, your friends, your, your fellow church members. Relationally, how am I doing? What pathway am I on? And do I need to make any course corrections? Next one then is moral. You know, what, what moral pathway? Are there habits? Are there things morally that I'm doing that I know I'm on the wrong path? I got, I got to make some course corrections here. And then the physical pathway. We all have a pathway when it comes to physical. Some, your pathway is no pathway, basically. You know, you're just sort of stagnant. You're just sort of on a path, but it's not really going anywhere except, you know, fatter and bigger and, and sicker and all that kind of stuff. So, figure it out. And then your financial pathway. Are you heading financially? What are you doing with the money that God has entrusted you with? Are you handling money? Are you on the path in the way He would have you to do it? Or you got your own path and what you think is the right way to do it? And again, with any of these things, if you discover, hey, I'm not on the right path, don't be a fool. Because the crash is coming. The consequences are coming. Again, it may not be next month. It may not even be next year. But they are coming. So the time to make changes is today. So Let's wrap up one more time with our big thought. It's our direction, not our intentions, that determine our destination. Every path you are on leads to a very predictable outcome, a very predictable place. So be wise about the path that you're on. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this day and this opportunity we've had to once again look at the wisdom of Your Word. We thank You for Solomon, that he wrote all these things down for us and that we can learn from his example. And we can take these words of caution to not be a fool and take them to heart. But Lord, not just take them to heart, not just nod our heads, not just take a bunch of notes, but Lord, we can actually go out and do something about these things. Lord, You've given us all free will and free choice. And so we don't have to do anything, but the crash is coming. Our sin will find us out. So help us to be wise. Help us to to realize those areas where we're off track and and get back on track so that we don't lose decades off of our lives. And Lord, we're, we're thankful that we don't walk this journey alone. That You have sent Your Spirit to come and live inside of us, to to lead us and to guide us and direct us into all truth. And that Your Word is a, a lamp to our feet and it's a light for our path. And we have friends around us. There's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. So Lord, this really isn't rocket science. This isn't really hard to do. It's just a matter of obedience. It's a matter of saying, you know what, I don't want to be a fool anymore. God, I, I want to be wise and I want to do things according to your word and according to your way. And so we just pray and we say, Spirit, help me. Help me. Convict me in those times that I'm tempted to veer off the wrong way and help me to keep on the right way. Give me self-control to walk according to your way and according to your righteousness. Thank you again, Jesus, that you are the ultimate example, that you are the way, you are the truth. You are the life. We thank you for that. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.